Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Do you ever wonder if your favorite band is emo? Tired of being in the same conversation with friends? Not knowing if you're listening to post-hardcore, screamo, emo revival, emo emo violence, even ska. We're We're here here to to help. help. The Emo Council is here staffed and ready for any question you may have. Hey, Emo Council, just wondering if Green Day was considered an emo band. Thanks. Green Day is not an emo band. Okay. From the creators of Washed Up Emo, isthisbandemo.com offers the definitive answer to the only important question of your day. Hey, is this been emo? Hello and welcome to episode 147 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today, we welcome Frederick Brandstrom from Star Market. I first heard Star Market on the Emo Diaries 3 compilation in 1999. Soon after, they released their third album, Four Hours Light. I was blown away with the post-hardcore sound and the next level indie rock emo sensibility. I never met these guys back in the day, and with some reunion shows recently in Japan and their home country of Sweden, I slid into the DMs on Instagram to see if they'd be up for chatting. Frederick, the lead singer and guitar player, was more than happy to chat. Bear in mind, listening to this episode, that English isn't Frederick's first language. That said, I was insanely impressed with how well he did. I can barely order coffee in French, let alone talk coherently. Color me impressed. Star Market is a band that deserves to be mentioned alongside the many bands from the late 90s, early 2000s that paved the way for those after them. To catch up a little bit, enjoy a medley of some of my favorite songs from their discography. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters out there. If you want to support, head on over to patreon.com slash washedupemo. This is episode 147 of the Washed Up Emo podcast with Frederick Brandstrom from Star Market. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Nice talking to you again. 
How did the reunion shows go? It was uh, much much better than we had, had ever expected. So, so it, we didn't didn't have that much of expectations when we started out. So because we, we've been <clears throat> we've been off the scene for such a long time, we haven't been playing for 15 years. So uh, so it, it was uh, it felt really good to to do it, and uh, we worked really hard to to um, before the show and. Uh, rehearsing and uh, getting everything together so so i'm really glad that that so much people came to see us and uh, the, all the nice energy we got from the crowd it was amazing to see that's great there was actually somebody at the show sending me video uh oh really yeah there was someone in the crowd that was a follower and was you know sent me a bunch of videos and so i was i got to see um you know a bunch of the songs and uh okay cool. uh, which was cool who now last days of april played too right yeah, exactly. Because <clears throat> we we had we hadn't been playing for such a long time, so so we thought that well maybe it's best to to have uh, one more band that people know about, so we we can help uh, help out to help each other to to bring people to the show. Um, so so and and I we knew them since before, and and we liked the music, so um, it felt felt pretty. They were the first band that we came to think about when, when we when we started uh, planning the show, show and uh, and looking for another band to play with. And you had said, I think, in an interview or something, where it was sort of, uh, you know, when it ended, when when yeah, uh, it you know, it kind of ended on a bad note, it ended in like a sad way, and you know, you kind of missed the social thing about being in a band you know people have lives they have kids they get real jobs and you guys kind of made that decision so um it, you know being doing doing the show um and having that reunion and having those feelings again what what's did anything come out of it like did you kind of look at each other and say hey we could do this again maybe <laughs> or was there anything else that kind of came from that because that'll happen when you're all sort of in that same moment again yeah, the, for me it was um, it was a really uh, good experience because because <clears throat> I uh, yeah like you said we we broke up uh, around uh, in in the beginning of the two thousands in, in, um, and um, we we didn't play together for fifteen years and I started doing like you said we everybody got uh, different jobs uh, careers and and. Uh, Racing families. So, I, I, for me, it was um, when, when when we did the reunion show. I, I felt that this was something I really missed, and I felt really good to to experience this. Um, that uh, I, I, I miss being on stage, and and uh, that part of my life uh, it felt uh, felt like a missing missing piece in the puzzle, <laughs> almost. Uh, yeah. Um, during those fifteen years. I haven't uh, been playing that much music, or when I I haven't I haven't even listened to the Star Mar- the albums we did in the nineties and and, and uh, the, the old uh, Star Market albums. I, have, I haven't even listened to them in fifty years almost. Wow! Because every time I listen to it, it's kind of kind of every time I listen to it, I, I get a little bit sadness about it because. Uh, maybe because the way it ended up, but um, so 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 it for me it felt uh, really good because uh, I realized that 
when when we did the, the reunion show, when we did the, the shows in Japan afterwards, it felt really good reactions we got from the audience. And it also felt very good because in a way I feel that uh, when I started looking at it, I feel that this is uh, this is perhaps uh, like a like a legacy almost. All the records I, I worked so hard with. Uh, we all worked really hard with Star Monkeys for ten years and made a lot of records and wrote songs. So it's uh, in a way this is when when all when all those years has passed. Uh, uh, I can look at it differently now and, and see that oh, this is actually quite. Uh, I made some great songs, and uh, it's uh, nice to see that people still still love it, and, and uh, um, it made some impact. Because uh, uh, for a while, it felt that I felt that uh, perhaps it was a bit forgotten that nobody cared about it. So it was great to. to changed the history of the band uh, in a way uh, i mean it, it ended up on a little sour note and, and uh, now we can uh, now i can think about the, the band in a much more positive way and and uh, so it that feels uh, really good it sounds it it seems you know this was just as much about the fans and people that have maybe reached out over the years to say hey we'd love to see you and then also for you this this was this was about for you guys and, and the rest of the band to kind of um, do that. I think that's amazing uh, to be able to feel that and and realize it in the moment um, and know that because you probably were in the moment more on stage knowing um, what this was doing. You know, you can listen to the records Absolutely. now again. You can yeah. think back about <laughs> yeah, the seven inch. Appreciate th- it. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I mean. Uh, it's- it, maybe it, 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 those fifteen years that we didn't play at all. It, maybe it was uh, necessary to to get some uh, perspective uh, on the whole. Um, on, uh, on the uh, you, now, I can li- listen to our early stuff, for example, and uh, and uh, appreciate it more. Um, and, and I can uh, understand why people, why people love love our early stuff. It's good to have that perspective. Um, all those years have been very positive for for us as a band because when we broke up, it was kind of uh, well, we had some I mean issues in the band and like many pe- many bands uh, have. Uh, after a few years, we started to hang out uh, again, and uh, so we've been actually hanging out. Uh, uh, we, we, we're we're better friends now than than we were. When we, when we were in a band, so so, so I think we found a way to get closer to, together, and and uh, that's gonna be good too. I mean, that's that's what you want. I mean, it's in, it's when you watch bands, sometimes you can tell. Yes, they don't all have to be friends, and they all don't need to love each other. But when they do, or when you can see that there's a connection musically, and they're you know you're connecting outside of that, there is a different vibe to it and for you guys to again you ended on those like every most bands after a certain amount of years yeah. you're you're overseeing them you're over the van you're over you know you're sick of missing your girlfriend and or wife and now mm. you're able to you know look back and yeah time time does that and what's beautiful i think is with the internet and with people being able to share and be able to discover 
there was an underground community um, thinking about you guys, and the music was out there yeah. for people to discover. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, it was very uh, uh, nice to see. But uh, like I said, we had, didn't have uh, any idea uh, what, we, what it would be like. Would anybody show up? <laughs> but um, but uh, I mean, I mean, uh, but then again, uh, like internet is great in that in that sense. Uh, it was easy to to get the information out and, and, uh, and people came, I mean, people traveled to Stockholm from, uh, countries all over Europe. I mean, they came from Spain and Germany and, uh, England, um, and all the neighboring countries. Uh, so, so, so it's pretty amazing to think about, uh, the people go out, go up to Sweden just for one show with, with the star markets. <laughs> so it's, uh, uh, it's pretty hilar- hilarious. Well, I want to know, because you know i think there's one thing about growing up in a small town in in the united states or a small town uh you know in england or one of these you know where there's this sort of music epicenter in terms of you know business and things and to have you guys in sweden have an like an amazing group of bands from that era that were worldwide um you know, Fireside's another one that I think of. Obviously, Refused. Um, I mean, I throw Last Days of April in there. I mean, people knew about them. Um, and what was... Did you guys feel that at the time? Did you feel like, you know, all right, maybe we can't tour there, but there are people, you know, buying our 7-inch from there. Our label told us that. Because it was harder because you weren't really seeing it on a day-to-day basis like we do now with social media. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we were never. I think we we have we were never especially big in in Sweden. I think uh, um, in a way, m- more people know about know about us uh, from other countries. And of course, I mean, we 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 noticed that there were interests because uh, we started to get a lot of like uh, letters from uh, different countries. I, I found I found a bunch of letters recently when I was cleaning out the garage and. Uh, you know, like traditional uh, um, letters uh, sent from paper, uh, Japan and <laughs> U- U.S. and <laughs> exact paper, paper, exactly stamps. And uh, and uh, what did some uh, of them from, say? Um, yeah, they said, "Oh, I heard your record. It's uh, amazing." Uh, like pretty long letters sometimes, um, uh, and 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 uh, I mean, some people sent. I uh, mean, if they had a. a their own bands to send the tape, of course, you could listen to. And, uh, but I mean, uh, we, we, we got the music licensed to a lot of different countries. Uh, so Japan, we're pretty early on. Um, uh, we got our stuff out there. And uh, and of course, in, in the US, we, we had uh, Deep Down released our stuff there. And, uh, and, also, and we did a lot of touring in, in Germany, uh, those countries. So, so, so we, 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 we have a bunch of people <laughs> uh, in small like groups here and there. I mean, we're not, we were never huge in any sense, but, uh, but uh, for example, we, we go to Spain, we have a <laughs> little following in like uh, Northern Spain, Catalonia, we bet, we've been there playing a lot. We're going to do shows there. Here and there you can, I think our fans, even if they're not, like mass, on a massive scale, but the ones that really likes 
the, the ones that are really into our music are, are very much into the music. I mean, um, and it was amazing to see, for example, now when we, when we went to Japan and, and um, people came there because we, we did a show, we did a tour there in uh, 2002, just before we broke up. And then we got the chance to go back to Japan uh, uh, like a month ago uh, in, in January. It was amazing to see all the people that came there because uh, most, most of them, had, I mean, m- many of them had, had been to our shows for like, uh, 17 years ago. So they were like, oh, people were saying like, uh, I, I waited for this uh, in 17 years. Uh, uh, I'm so glad you're here again. I think... Uh, some of our fans are very, very like dedicated and uh, loyal. I think um, that feels good, even even if we would never we never get huge, but we have uh, really loyal fans. Yeah, and then I think too, you mentioning you know you did touring in Germany, there was Spain, uh, obviously Japan, and then you said you know that people in our own country we weren't really. Did that feel like for a lot of the bands, like if it was Fireside or other ones that they knew you kind of had to get out to be able to sustain? Yeah, in, in a way for, for us, it felt like that because our music wasn't, um, I mean, there wasn't a huge demand for that kind of, I mean, it, we, we got, a, got a lot of inspiration. We started out uh, with the, we wanted to have a band. I mean, we listened to a lot of uh, American indie rock and uh, American hardcore. Felt natural to try to try to bring it outside of Sweden, and, and uh, that, uh, I mean, we were singing in English, so so it was yeah. It felt like it felt like the natural thing to do back then. So so. What was what was the interest like? Was it the like that specific era, you know, this, I'm guessing, you know, earlier, mid-90s, you know, sort of hardcore I- indie rock, what was appealing about it to you? I guess it felt uh, exotic in a way because the U.S. is uh, so far away from Sweden uh, and very different from Sweden also. So it was back then you didn't have the internet, so you couldn't, uh, you can only in, like fantasize or imagine what the bands were like or the uh, what kind of lives they were living because uh, nobody I mean not many people you know you knew had been to the US so, so it, uh, it was very, very exotic for me it was I started listening to indie music first that was appealing to me and, and uh, but I liked the American scene better than the one that, that was in for example Britain because it had had a little bit more physical side like uh, aggression in, uh, more more energy in the music, maybe because it was came from hardcore and punk. Um, if you listen to uh, when we started the band, I was listening to a lot. The band Superchunk were our like fav- favorite group back then. Uh, we, our, our main goal was to sound like sound like sound like that. It was it was pretty fast and uh, but, but I mean it, it didn't turn out that way. But <laughs> we, ne- we never sounded quite like that. But uh, that was a huge inspiration. I mean, it was uh, the, the whole the aesthetic. If you looked at the albums, everything it just it just appealed to me. The emo diaries getting on that third volume. 
and 99 and you know it obviously helped the you know start the relationship with with deep helm and get you into the states and that's how i heard about you was there any what were the thoughts when you had seen that compilation were you worried about the association were you or was it like no this is a i mean it was pretty you know that was an amazing way to find out about bands um what were just the 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 thoughts around agreeing to do that Uh, i i can't remember exactly how it went but at the time we we, we didn't think of ourselves as an like emo band but for me it was when i saw that it was okay i think because it it helped uh, spreading our name i mean if you if if you use that label um because people people get an idea what it's, what it's like and uh, I, I didn't have a big problem with it we, we weren't I mean when we started out we, we considered ourselves to be like an indie rock band with uh, perhaps some harker influences <laughs> after a while people started calling us an emo band even when we did the, like the Japan Japan tour now 2019 they, they were calling us on, on, on the poster they said uh, that, you know the emo legend Swedish emo legend <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, it's, I mean, it's pe- people. Perhaps it helps to bring people to the shows, and and people get interested, and then it, then they listen to it, and it, they, can, they can tell that the music has a lot of different influences, not not just traditional emo music. Yeah, or what they're thinking of. I mean, when you say indie rock band with hardcore influences, that's, I mean, emo core is where the word came from. So it's like that is the, and so again, you're right. Someone might listen to it and say, oh, oh, I was thinking it was going to sound like this. And maybe they dig a little deeper or realize that it's a a little bit, or they had no idea. Um, So you're, you're totally right. I think your, your, your thought process of having that connected, um, totally makes sense the record that i got into which i think a lot of people did and obviously it was an emo diaries three and then the four hours light record which i thought I, I joked about this earlier with some of the newer bands that are sound that are emo bands today their third record is always this sort of like not opus but sort of like they've kind of figured it yeah. out and I think Four Hours Light is the same thing because, I mean, you yeah. guys had the guitar player from Fireside help you produce it. Uh, and it is this sort of, I think, the bigger sounding. You can see the little pieces kind of coming together. Did you feel that? What were? Yeah. What was yeah, that yeah. record like? I mean, it was the first record that we were, we were starting to... Uh, experiment in the studio and, and uh, before on, on on the earlier albums we just uh, rented a uh, rented a studio and uh, I mean went in and did the same thing that we had all practiced in the rehearsal space I mean just play the songs and put the tape recorder on 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 record and, and um, then then it was done and now now we wanted to do when we did for our like we wanted to do something different uh, that that felt like a challenge to to us and. Uh, so we, we 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 were preparing really hard before, and we were working um, working hard in the rehearsal space and and uh, selecting songs. We had we had uh, plan, I mean, fifty sixty songs before we went into the studio, and, and uh, we we chose uh, well twelve songs. So it was definitely a very like creative and uh, fun recording. Got to use a lot of uh, different. Effects and uh, instruments like organs, different uh, percussion, moog synthesizers, 
so it was uh, it was like a it, it was really a fun thing to do so we, we really put a lot of effort into it and <laughs> unfortunately i mean at least in europe people were kind of i felt that people were kind of disappointed because they felt it was too far away from the sound that we had before we started uh, before we released uh, for our slides it was it was too far from this um, very guitar based uh, pop pop punk uh, hardcore hardcore pop uh, that we that we had uh, in the beginning and it didn't get perhaps the exposure that the marking thing that we, it needed to so, so so it was it was a bit a bit disappointing, but 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 on the other hand, we, it got released uh, in the states, and and uh, I think our, our, the first record that came out in the states, and uh, so so that's a good thing. And and it's still, I still like it's the record I listen to most from our old stuff. It's a record you can enjoy, like listening in headfo- in, in the headphones. It still sounds. I think the pr- production is very good, uh, even even today. I agree. I think that's what the, it's interesting that you know you had all these people. This wasn't sounding like it is, but it was your third record, and you actually had time, and you could go in the studio, and it was like. Let's just and and it's almost like to be able to give a band time like that, and for you to now it's the one that you are listening to the most. And if it's twenty years later, I think it was either doing that. I mean, uh, breaking up the band because I think it was necessary for us to 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 do this to to be able to develop our sound a little bit, even if it meant that some people got lost in the process. But, but for for us, it was necessary thing to do. And from all this, from the shows, going to Japan, doing the stuff, you know, doing the 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 show in Stockholm, does it rekindle you you doing more music personally? Does it rekindle doing more music? With Star Market, are those things uh, on the horizon? We talked about it. I mean, uh, we we haven't uh, like rehearsed any new songs or anything like that because we, we haven't uh, decided anything. But we said that people write an, uh, any new songs, we, we can try rehearsing them and we'll see what happens. We haven't decided anything really, but um, for now it feels uh, just good to have the band together again and, and uh, to be able to enjoy those fantastic shows that we have done uh, this year and, and the last year. So, and uh, it's it's not impossible that we try to do some new stuff as well, but uh, we'll see what happens. That's exciting to think, you know, from this from those shows to uh, you know, th- you know, again, fifteen years of nothing and <laughs> not even thinking about it, you even <laughs> want to listen to it, uh-huh, and then uh-huh. you do those shows and you and I think some you know that sort of moral of just sometimes let things take its course and life take its course and then you're able to you're able to figure something out that that's really great like i said like a like a missing part of a part that was missing from my life is it's uh it's back again so that that's uh, uh feels like we accomplished accomplished something really good it's been a, a great year the last year since we decided to do this I mean, we, and when we started, it was 15 years ago we were playing, so we we, we didn't know what, what is going to, I mean, we also got, got a, bit, a bit older. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we didn't know what, what it was going to sound like. Uh, perhaps it's, that's why I was a bit reluctant in the beginning to, to, to do the reunion show, because I wasn't sure that, you know, it's going to be 
songs sound uh, as good as it, as it used to be do and um, but but it did <laughs> and uh, we, we, we we think we think we actually um, I mean people say that sound even be- better than it used to do I can see that a lot of bands when they get older for example if you if you compare to refuse they I think they they are better now at least as a live live act than than they were in the early 90s mid 90s when I saw them, because <laughs> people are more focused. People get more focused when when they are older, older, and just just more more focused on music and uh, doing doing everything right. We, we we did we did some really good shows. So that should be the moral then. You do a bunch of records, you break up in disgust, <laughs> yeah. and ten years later you actually play the songs right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but but uh, now can I appreciate. No, the old, the old stuff we did, the early stuff. And now I can look at all our all the stuff we did, and and I can uh, I understand why why people are so that they think that our, our first uh, three records are the best because it has to do with uh, they were released at a certain point of time. I mean, it's just when we were in Japan, for example, we only played uh, we didn't play any material for from uh, our last records because it just felt right to play play those early album. I also appreciate it and I understand why, why people think it's so good. Washed Up Emo fans, thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years, or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and for this current episode you're about to hear. I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also printed volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com